Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. I want to preach on the power of Thanksgiving. I know I was going to finish off with our uh, Tuesday broadcast, what we started there, the end times and the signs of the end times. And I'll probably finish that series off maybe next week or the week after. But I, I just felt in my spirit to deal with uh, Thanksgiving because, you know, for a lot of the viewers that we have here are from the United States. And uh, if there was ever a year where you have to discipline yourself to be thankful, it's this year. Because if you let, hey, Joseph, I'm excited to be there. Third Day Worship Center uh, at, in Kingston, Ontario. I'll be there Sunday, 8 a.m., uh, 10 a.m., I think, and then 6 p.m. So if you're in the Ontario area and you'd like to drive or near it, anywhere near it, I'll be there for three services this Sunday. So I'm looking forward to seeing you, my friend, Joseph. Elimelech on, on uh, YouTube. God bless you, my friend. Th happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Um, if there was ever a time to discipline yourself, to be thankful, it's now, it's, it's this year, because I'm going to show you, uh, first and foremost, what happens when you, you lose sight of being grateful, but then I'm going to show you what happens when you, you're intentional in being grateful, no matter what you see. Habakkuk 3 verses 17 through 19 uh, the scripture says, though the fig tree does not blossom, though there be no figs on the trees, though there be no uh, calves in the stall, yet in this I will rejoice in the God of my salvation and I will joy in him. Then he will make my feet like hinds feet to ride upon the high places of the earth. So it shows you, even if things might not look optimal uh, to you right now, God has a plan that if you'll stay faithful and not turn back against his covenant, not just break down and have a mental breakdown, but to keep strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to keep your confession that I know God's going to make a way. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able and he will with it provide for you a way of escape so that you can you're not caught up and stuck in that rut the rest of your life, but you actually move forward. God has a plan for you to move forward. God has a plan for you to increase, for you to accelerate. God has a plan to get you to the top, to get you to where you need to be. Remember in Mark 4, when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, the disciples and the, Jesus were in a boat and there was a mighty windstorm and the sea began to rage and the, the waves were roaring and they be began to beat on the boat and the waves and the water started to get into the the boat and weighing the boat down and they panicked and they came to Jesus who was sleeping in the stern and said don't you care that we're perishing Jesus stood up rebuked the storms and just like he had said at the beginning of that story he said we're going to make it to the other side well let me tell you they made it to the other side so before I go any further whatever God has promised you whatever you're believing God for whatever you have set and targeted your faith to obtain you're not going to you're not going to live without it God is going to make you to get to the other side God is going to bring you to your desired haven you're not going to have to live without it you're not going to you know some people they're believing God for healing but the pain is still there and they think they're going to have to live the rest of their life with that incurable disease no God is going to make it so that that thing loses your address so that that thing drops off your body God has a place for you on the top God has a place of you for a, a place called you know even Jacob said it's a place where God dwelt, a place where, is, where it's filled with blessings, a place that is filled with his inheritance, a place that is filled with his, 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 um, his goodness. And God is going to make you to not dwell in turbulent waters, but in still waters. God's going to make you to dwell and make you to lie down in green pastures. If you'll not give up and quit, the Bible says you will triumph in every place of life. So, I want to take time, and I'm not going to go long today. I'm going to go like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and I, I'm telling you, I'm keeping my word because I know it's Thanksgiving for a lot of you, and I don't want to keep you on uh, for an eternity, but I, I want to, to go through several points on the power of Thanksgiving, the power that Thanksgiving produces on a practical level because Thanksgiving is a debt that we all owe to God. The Bible says in Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So thanksgiving is a debt that we owe to God if we have breath in our lungs. If you have breath in your lungs, you have a debt that you have to pay to God 
And that debt is giving him thanks. The Bible says in everything we're to give thanks to God for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything. That means in every season. No matter what you might be seen in the natural, the Bible instructs us that we're to keep a position of praise and a position of thanksgiving. No matter how bad things might seem, you're to keep uh, an attitude of gratefulness to God. Why do we do that? Well, let me read first point. Thanksgiving averts the curse and it secures the blessing. Point number one, the reason why we maintain a position and attitude of gratefulness is because thanksgiving averts the curse and it preserves and secures the blessing of God in our life. Malachi chapter chapter 2. If you're just tuning in now, you'd be a great help to me if you share the broadcast, get the this message out to as many people as possible. And thanks for sharing your uh, Thanksgiving with me. I told you I won't be long and I won't be long. But I had this on my chest, so let me let me get it to you. Malachi 2 verse 1. And now, O priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse on you, and I'll curse even your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already, because you did not take it to heart, and I'll rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your solemn feast and one will take you away with it. Then you'll know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and of peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. Let me read verse 2 again. If you will not hear me, and if you'll not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, if you'll not listen to this instruction, thanksgiving isn't an option. It's not a... Um, uh, 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 a pleasantry that we have as Christian. Thanksgiving is a, is a command that God has given to every believer that we have to take it to heart, meaning you have to be intentional about it. You have to be, uh, you have to motivate yourself, just like David, 1 Samuel 30. The Bible says the Philistines had totally ransacked the camp that David was in charge of at Ziklag and burnt their crops and took their women and their children away captive. But David did something. When they were ready to pick up stones to stone David, they were ready to put him. They want, I don't care if God anointed you. Look at where you brought us. They, they were complaining against David. They were complaining against God. And the Bible says the people wept much. So they cried about it. They sorrowed about it. They soaked and wallowed about it. But notice how that didn't prove to do anything for them. It didn't change their situation. Weeping does not change your situation. Crying and tearing and, and complaining complaining does not change your situation but David did something he did the opposite his flesh I'm sure in the carnal flesh in the carnal mind he had every reason and every desire and his flesh was burning to let out complaints to let out uh, uh talking and, and words of defeat I'm sure he had every reason I mean he lost his wife his children were had been taken away captive too he had every reason to just drop his hands, give up, you know, God, didn't you anoint me when I was 17 and now look where we're at. He had every reason to shake his fist at God. But instead, the scripture says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I'm sure he read Psalm 34. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Notice how it says at all times, not at some times, not when things are going smoothly, not when things, everything's working out for me. No, I'm going to bless the Lord even when things don't seem to be looking uh, working out for me I'm gonna bless the Lord even when things seem to be rough in life I'm gonna bless the Lord even when it seems that it doesn't even look to the natural eye that I'm blessed I'm gonna still bless the Lord in faith because I know my God has a way to turn things around for my good as I pursue his calling and his purpose so if you're here today and 2020 has proved to be a year where it, it doesn't look like you're blessed. It does in the natural. It doesn't feel like you're blessed. If it if that's what 2020 has handed to you, you don't have to go the way of the world and just sit down, 
you know, get around the water, water cooler at work if you're still going to work and just complain about it and, and, and wonder if things, oh, I hope things turn around. You don't have to hope things will turn around. You can take a step of action today. And like I read, uh, quoted before in Habakkuk 3, that if you'll not allow the visible horrors that you're seeing right now dictate the amount of praise and the intensity of praise that you give to God. God is going to make your feet like Heinz feet, meaning he's going to strengthen your feet. He's going to establish your way and he's going to provide a way of escape, not so you can endure the onslaught of hell, but that you can break free from the curse and enter into the blessing of God. Even though you might not see the blessing now, just like Abraham, Romans chapter four, he did not consider his own body. He, I mean, in those days, if a woman was barren, that was a curse. You know, even uh, if a woman was barren, that, that was like a, it was a, a, an object of shame. It was a, it was a thing to be, to, to, to pretty much, you know, you covered it up. You didn't bring it up to your neighbors because they would think that you were cursed. But Abraham did not consider his own body he didn't consider the barrenness of sarah's womb but instead the bible says in romans 4 he became strong in faith as he brought glory to god he could have complained he could have uh, found every reason to stop following God in the journey that he, God was taking him in. But instead, he bring glory to God. He didn't waver in his confession. He didn't back down in his confession of praise. He still said that though the young lions suffer and lack, those that seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. I know my Isaac is on his way. Number one, thanksgiving averts the curse. Thanksgiving will, will break you free from from the curse, and then it secures the blessing. We read here, because you didn't give glory to my name, I'm going to send a curse upon you and curse even your blessings. So if you don't give thanks, if you, if you decide to complain, your complaints will actually multiply your defeat. So complaining is like the devil's version of praise towards him. When you complain, it's actually praise towards the devil's work because you're, you're magnifying his work. But when you praise God in the face of adversity, you're actually magnifying God. And God said in Psalm 34, when you do that, and you trust in the Lord and do good, you're going to feed on his faithfulness no matter what the devil has to say about you. I'll send a curse upon you and curse your blessings because you didn't take it to heart. Being ungrateful is a dangerous thing. It is a risk in life. The scripture says in Deuteronomy 28, 47, because you did not uh, maintain joy for the abundance of everything that I've given to you, God, is, God said to his people in Deuteronomy 28, 47, because you did not give thanks for the abundance of everything that I've given to you, I'll send your enemy upon you and they will, let me, let me quote it verbatim. So, uh, Deuteronomy 28, 30, 47, because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst, in nakedness, in need of everything. And he'll put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he's destroyed you. If you read in uh, Luke chapter 17, there are 10 lepers that come to Jesus and he heals them all. And as they're, he gives them an instruction, go to the priest and show yourself to the priest. As they're on their way to show themselves to the priest, their healing kicks in. And the Bible says only one came back to give glory to God. And Jesus said, were there not, was there not found only one person to come back and bring glory to me? Where are the other nine? And he told that one that made it a point. I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to enjoy the blessing. I'm going to give thanks for everything I'm seeing in life. I'm going to give thanks for my health. I'm going to give thanks for my provision. I'm going to give thanks for every good thing that God has allotted to me in life. And what happened? Jesus told him, go, your faith has made you whole. Now, if you study leprosy, leprosy would have like, you'd have like fingers fall off, ears fall off. You'd have a nose, you know, things would just fall off. It, it was a, a decaying disease when it comes to the flesh. You'd have just, you'd be walking and your toe would just fall off. And so, though the nine had been healed, they still had to walk around maybe with three fingers, one finger, two toes. But that man that made it a point to come back and give glory to God, he was the one that was made whole, 
Meaning, I, I, I believe he was the only one that whatever, see, you can be healed of leprosy, but not be made whole. Meaning the, the limbs that you lost and the flesh that fell off is not restored. I believe the nine were healed, meaning that the leprosy didn't continue to take further limbs off their or fingers and, and, and pieces of their body. But the one that brought glory to God, everything that was lost was restored. That's another thing praise and thanksgiving will give. Even if you lost something, God is able to restore your captivity. God is able to restore, just like he did for Job. You know that Job never cursed God and died? You know that the, the Bible says the devil's main purpose, his main reason for engaging Job's life was to do what? Was to get him to curse God and die. Meaning when Job got sick, that wasn't the end. For, for the devil's, uh, that wasn't the devil's objective. He wanted him to curse God. He wanted to test his salvation. When the devil came out and took his possessions, that wasn't the end of it. He wanted to, that, when the devil comes to steal something for you, from you, it's, what he steals is not his main objective. His main objective is to get you to shake your fist at God, give up and quit and run the other way. But Job maintained his integrity before God. And the Bible says, in the midst of even his friends telling him, you might as well just die. You might as well just give up. You might as well look at everything that's happened to you. Why don't you just quit? Instead, he did the opposite. He maintained his integrity. He said, I, I'm yet though he slays me, still I will follow, he said. Job 36, 11, if those that are his children, those that are his servants will obey and serve him. They'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. He maintained that God is a good God, that God's not a God that, that slays his children and crushes them just for the fun of it. No, the, whatever is happening comes from the devil. Whatever has been happening around me has been a satanic attack on my life. And at the end of Job's life, you know, everybody likes to quote Job for the reason why they're going down. You know, I guess I'm just like Job. But Job, if you study the whole book, don't finish it, Job 38. Go to Job 42. At the end of Job's life, God restored double everything he had lost. He had double cattle. He had double flock. He had double children. Everything the devil tried to take from him, God restored double into his life. And I tell you, as you maintain gratefulness to God that whatever you might have lost it's because of God that you haven't lost everything and you begin to lift up holy hands and say the Lord he's my shepherd the Lord's not done or through with me no he that began a good work in me he's going to continue it I'm sorry I think the camera just died out hold on let me fix that up Continuing the broadcast. I forgot to plug it in. He, he's gonna he that began a good work in me, he'll continue it. He'll he'll complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So don't get discouraged. Don't give up and quit. The Bible says, um, in the book of Psalms. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord while I'm yet in the land of the living. I would have lost heart had I not believed. And praise is an outward manifestation, an expression of an inward faith towards God that I know my God will make a way for me. So number one, thanksgiving averts the curse. It secures the blessing. Number two, praise stimulates further growth and increase. Let me read Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30 and verse 9. Gosh, it's hot in here. My wife turned the heating up. Thanks. Verse 9. Verse 19, sorry. Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of those who make merry. So out of who shall proceed thanksgiving? God's children on the earth. The voice of those who make merry. Joyful noises. I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I will glorify them, and they shall not be small. Don't complain about the place that you're at now. Don't get discouraged because you're not at, a, at the level you want to be right now. You know, everybody wants like a microwave religion where you can just pop it in and then overnight success. God doesn't do overnight success. God 
is a God who is faithful to increase those that are faithful to his principles. So the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that is the smallest of all the seeds. When it's sown in the ground, it, it doesn't even look up evident. It doesn't look like it's going to produce any fruit. But after it grows, it becomes larger than any tree of the field. And the birds come and nest in its branches. So the natural mind looks at the small seed and says, this ain't going to produce anything. And so what naturally happens is discouragement, depression. I don't, I don't see this thing going anywhere. You know, I, I've trusted God here and there, but nothing's really, I haven't seen any progress yet. So if you're naturally minded, those are the thoughts that are going to bombard your mind and it's going to cause you to drop your hands, get weak, give up, turn to other sources, get alternatives. But the scripture says, if you'll just stay on the path of praise, God said, I will multiply you and you'll not be diminished. I will glorify you and you'll not be small. You might be small now. You might have just started out. But despise not the days of small beginning. Though your beginning is small, your latter end shall greatly increase. That's why God told Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. Write the vision down. Engrave it on stone tablets so that you can read it. Get it in your heart and run with it. And keep running. No matter if you see progress or not. Because at the end it shall speak. It shall not tarry. Your vision, the vision that God's given to you. The, the dreams God's put in your heart. The, the direction he's had you go towards. And you, you, you think like, you know, like the Israelites. They came out of Egypt. And then what happens? They get to a Red Sea. And they automatically revert to God has abandoned us. God didn't abandon them. God was actually just bringing him to a place where he can further show his power in demonstration by splitting the sea. So if you've hit a roadblock, now's not the time to sit down and camp in the space you're at. Now's the time to do what Moses did. Take the rod of signs and wonders, which is the word of God. Open up your mouth wide in praise. And God said, I'll fill it and I'll confirm, I'll confirm you openly, meaning I'll split the Red Sea. Why, can, why should you be thankful? Because if God split the sea in those days, God is going to split the sea for you. What does a sea represent? A sea represents an impossible thing. They couldn't have five million Jews swim across that. They would have all drowned. It wasn't like a little ravine. This was a sea. But God proved faithful in that day. And so why should we be thankful of that? Because we can see God's past faithfulness and give us, it gives us a reason and a motivation today to believe Him for tomorrow's faithfulness and the day after. Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He said, I'm the Lord your God and I change not. The scripture says they're, they're children. So those that make merry, those that out of their mouth shall proceed the voice of thanksgiving. Their children shall be as before. Their congregation shall be established before me. I will punish all who oppress them. What does that tell you? Praise will actually release divine judgment on your enemies. So if there's anybody standing in your way, look what happened to Israel when they came out of Egypt. Not only did the sea split for them and they walked through as on dry ground, when their enemies came in and their enemies sought to pursue them and Pharaoh and his chariots came behind them, the same sea that split for them swallowed up all of Israel's enemies. And I tell you, as you begin to le learn to engage God in high voltage praise, God's not only going to open up the door that needs to be opened for you to move on to the next level, but any devil, any human agent, anyone that would try to bring you back down into captivity, bring you back down to their level, the same sea that split for you, the same power that God uh, demonstrated to make a way for you is the same power that's going to crush your enemies never to be seen again. Just like Moses said to the Israelites, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. Praise stimulates further growth and increase. Jeremiah 30, I will multiply you and you will not be few. I will glorify you and you shall not be diminished. Psalm 67, 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then shall the earth yield her increase. Increase is a product of praise. Your increase you enjoy in, in life. The results you enjoy. Your advancement is tied in to your praise. If you can't thank God for the menu you have set before you, the menu of His choicest blessings, if you can't thank God for the menu you have now, you're not going to be qualified for an upgrade in that menu. Every time you refuse to be grateful, you're making a decision to be grounded in life. Because gratitude leads to high altitudes in life. Every time you make a decision to be ungrateful, you make a decision to be grounded in life. To, to remain ungrateful is to take God for granted. And it'll keep you grounded in life. Psalm 34. I'll bless the Lord at all times. If you study Psalm 37, if you'll delight yourself in the Lord in praise, He'll give you the desires of your heart. There is dynamic power with God that is released as you give thanks to Him in everything that He's done for you. Number three, praise overthrows wickedness in your life. Acts 16. The Scripture says, and I'll probably finish with this. Acts 16, Paul and Silas are taken as prisoners after they had uh, delivered that woman that was possessed with a spirit of divination. And the Bible says they were thrown into the inner prison, in the inner dungeon, and they were fastened with shackles, and the gate, the prison door, was locked before them. And imagine that. You, you just went out on a mission trip to serve God, and instead of, you know, more doors opening up, you end up th being thrown in jail. If, they had, if there was ever a reason to get discouraged and complain, Paul and Silas had it. But instead, the Bible says they prayed, and when prayer didn't work, they started to praise God. You know that the scripture says in Psalm 100, you can enter God's gates with thanksgiving in your heart. You're not even qualified to make requests to God before you enter His gates with thanksgiving first in your heart. You're not qualified to ask God for anything until you first have thanked God for everything He's done for you already. That's why if you, if you ever have the chance to pray with me, you'll see that I start in praise and it takes up like 20, 30 minutes of my, my prayer time. And then I'll take time to ask God for whatever I need, pray, intercede on behalf of others, and then I finish in praise which takes another 10 minutes of my prayer time. It's like a, I call it like a prayer sandwich. Starts with the bread of praise, then there's the meat of whatever I need to petition God for, and then it has another bread and bun of praise. The hamburger of praise. David said, I'll enter your courts with praise in my heart. David said, seven times a day, I will praise you, O God, and three times I'll pray. So David prayed three times a day, but he praised seven times a day, which shows you the importance that praise has over prayer. So uh, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. With thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God with thanksgiving. The scripture says in Colossians 4.2, be vigilant in prayer with thanksgiving. So what happened? They prayed, nothing happened. Then they switched on the switch of praise. And as they began to praise God with voices so loud that the Bible says the other prisoners heard them praise. So it wasn't this shy, Father, I thank you for it. No, they, they were unashamedly testifying to God's goodness. Just like David. I will make mention of your goodness even before kings. I'll not be ashamed of your testimonies. David was royalty. He was a king. David, um, you know, was a high-ranking king in that day. Even 
even in comparison to other kingdoms. Israel was a, a, a vibrant, increasing nation in those days. And David said, as dignified as I am before men, I'm not going to be ashamed. Well, even when I'm standing before other kings, there's some people, you, I, I feel this is probably a word of knowledge. There's some of you that are business owners and people hold you in high esteem. You're watching right now. You're a business owner and people look at you with respect. And sometimes you get shy to talk about your faith, to talk about God, to give glory to God because of the success you've been enjoying. Wipe that shyness out. Boast in the Lord and in the power of His might. David said, some boast in chariots, some boast in horses. Other kings are boasting in the strength of their army. But I'm going to make my boast in the Lord. The next time someone asks you, what's the secret of your success? Don't, don't tell them it's hard work and, you know, I've been excellent and I've been... Yes, those are all good principles. And those obviously did add in to, to your success. And they're all Bible principles. But let the first thing that comes out of your mouth be, it's because of the Lord. Had it not been the Lord that was on my side, I would not see anything that I'm seeing today. Had it not been for the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't have strength to get up in the morning and work as hard as I do. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, the enemy, the I mean, we would have been wiped out in business years ago because of the dark times we saw. 2008 recession should have wiped us out. But thanks be unto God, who's always proved faithful to be there in the day of trouble. He stands by me as a champion and made it and made it so that I always made it to the other side. I mean, you study Matthew 21, talking about praise overthrowing wickedness in your life. Praise will, praise will create an environment and atmosphere in your life that the devil can't stand to inhabit. You, can, you know how easy it is to make sure the devil is no longer in your home? Praise him high and loud. Praise God high and loud. And it'll guarantee. It sets up an environment that suffocates demonic powers. If there's depression in your child, in your teenager, create an atmosphere that the devil can't stand. Just like a fish can't survive out of water, the devil can't survive an atmosphere atmosphere that is loaded and charged with high-voltage praise. Don't have Shakira or Beyonce playing on your radio or whatever. Put praise music on. And not this garbage, sometimes garbage North American where it's North American worship sets, where it's all about how hard things have been, how difficult life really is. That's not, that's not, even when David said, why so downcast on my soul? Talking about a dark time he had in life. He always finished it with, hope in God, wake up soul. You're going to praise him again for the help of his countenance. So don't listen or take in anything that's going to fuel and nourish depression in your life. Nourish sickness in your life. Listen to praise music. That's going to tell, you know, like old Brownsville revival stuff. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Praise music. That's going to load your mouth with scriptures. If the music doesn't is not loaded with scripture, if it's not loaded with Bible doctrine, then it has no place being in your mouth, singing out of your mouth. When Paul and Silas lifted up praise, the Bible says an earthquake came. Why? Because praise is an invitation God will not ignore. When their praise went up, God, God didn't send an angel. God didn't send a delegation of troops. God didn't send anybody else. He sent himself. How do I know God was the one to come into that prison cell? Because Psalm 114 says, let the people's uh, when the people praised them, then the earth shook. The Bible says in Psalm 114, Tremble thou, O earth, at the presence of the God of Jacob. So the earth trembles at the presence of God. And when they praised God, an earthquake came, the earth trembled, and everyone's prison doors were open. 
I tell you, whatever prison door you might be in right now, prison door of sickness, whatever the devil's tried to keep you bound with, as you engage God in a high praise today, those prison doors are going to swing wide open. If God's, if you praise, if Paul and Silas praising God in that day was able to yield a power with God to open up physical prison doors, actual prison doors, how much more do you suppose that your praise will be able to open up spiritual prison doors that the enemies tried to keep you captive in? Expect breakthrough today. Expect supernatural breakthrough today. Matthew 21. The Bible says Jesus, he enters into Jerusalem. And as he's entering in, the people start to praise him, saying, Hosanna to the highest. Hosanna to the King of David, to the Son of David. And the scripture says as he, as he walked into Jerusalem, the Pharisees, the religious people were the one to criticize the people praising Jesus. And notice what Jesus did. After they ushered in his presence through praise. He walks into the temple, overthrows the, temp the seats of those that sold doves, overthrows the tables of the money changers. And the Bible says, in that very hour, those that were blind, lame, deaf, sick, and afflicted came to him, and he healed them all. Praise ushers in, thou, O Lord, Psalm 22, 3, thou, O Lord, will inhabit the praises of your people. Praise ushers in God's very own presence. And when Christ comes in, when the anointing overwhelmingly inundates the atmosphere that you're in, it drowns out every demonic resistance in your life. When they praised God, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. When he got to Jerusalem, what did he do? He overturned wickedness in the temple. I tell you in the name of Jesus, every form of wickedness, every sign of darkness, every trace, every evidence that the devil and darkness has in your life gets overturned today as you begin to thank God and praise God and open your mouth wide in gratefulness to God. Why should we be grateful in 2020? Number one, the blood of Jesus has protected you. The blood of Jesus has kept you clean. The blood of Jesus has secured your place in refuge. The blood of Jesus has been marked on your door. And the destruction that came on this world, it couldn't, it, the blood served as a sign to thwart the, the death angel, the angel of destruction and death, to go elsewhere. You might have lost something, but it's because of that blood that you haven't lost every, any, everything. Why should we thank Jesus? Why should we be grateful in 2020? Number two, because you're saved. Not only did the blood protect you, the blood saved you. The Bible says you've been delivered out of the dominion of darkness. Stop focusing on the reasons why you should be sad. Stop focusing on the reasons why you should be happy. Why you should rejoice in the Lord. Why you should magnify the Lord with your heart today. Exalt Him with your spirit. Don't load yourself up with CNN so you have more reason to be angry, aggravated. Load yourself up with the Word that tells you you're saved. God demonstrated His love towards you. While you were still in sin, Christ delivered you. That you're justified with God. You have peace with God. You're now part of the family of God. You're no longer a foreigner to the promises of God. You now have access. Every promise of God is yes and amen now to you. You have access to the throne of glory to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You're not appointed to wrath. You're appointed to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Number three reason you should be joyful. You have eternal life. Even when everything is said and done, there's a heaven that awaits you. Jesus said, a place I go and prepare for you. 
If it were not so, I would not tell you. But I'm going to prepare it so that where I am, you can be also. The Bible says the day's going to come where the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be always with the Lord. The Bible says in that day, God's going to wipe away every tear. And the lion will, ri- will lie down next to the lamb. And all things will be made new. Peter said, therefore, we're looking for and hastening and, and, and getting ready for the day where a new heaven and a new earth is going to preside. Why should we be thankful? Because the death, you should have died, but you're still alive. God's past faithfulness in your life. David said, the God who delivered me from the paw of the bear, the God who delivered me from the paw of the lion, is the same God who's going to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Receive strength in your spirit today as you meditate on God's past faithfulness and give Him thanks for it. David said, I've been young, I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. He's not failed me then. He's certainly not going to fail me now. God is too faithful to fail. Dwell on God's past faithfulness and the victories you've enjoyed. How He healed you. How he delivered you when you thought you had finally been cornered into a wall that there'd be no way out. God provided a way of escape there. Has God changed? Won't he do it again? The mountains that stood in your way that God totally leveled. That marriage that was on the rocks and God restored. If God can do those things, if I mean this whole catalog of testimonies and Stories of God's faithfulness to the children of God in Israel. And then in the book of Acts and onward. That's enough reason to not worry about your life from today. If you worry, worry weighs you down so that you're not able to lift your hands. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe now in me and see. What I'll do for you. Why should we have a reason to be thankful today? And I'll finish with this, that God is a present help in time of trouble. God is a present help in time of trouble. When the children of Israel we're cornered in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And the Bible says that um, three armies, Mount Seir, the Ammonites, and the Moabites, had cornered them in. And they were, they had, their intention was to make war and wipe them out. God gave a prophetic instruction through the prophet Jehaziah. said, position yourselves, stand firm, and send out the Levites who will praise my name both loud and high. And the scripture says the very next day, instead of putting their archers first, instead of putting their horsemen, instead of putting their swordsmen and their elite soldiers, they put the praise warriors first. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, they began to shout loudly with voices very loud and high. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. There was no reason for them to shout that. That was a confession of faith. They were surrounded by armies. They were surrounded by foreign armies and soldiers ready to wipe them out, but they kept They kept their confession of God is good and His mercy endures forever. And as such, what happened? The Lord sent confusion in the camp of their enemy. And one enemy began to fight the other until they were all wiped out. And there was no one left. And then all Israel had to do was to go out and take in the plunder. The spoil of war. They didn't have to fight. 
There's a way you can fight where you never have to even lift a finger. Our weapons are not carnal. We don't stand still and do nothing. We stand still and position ourselves in praise. And praise provokes God to come on the scene. And He is a very present help in time of trouble. So if you're here today, and there's something in your life that hasn't moved, there's a, a, a struggle, there's a battle, you've been fighting, you've tried, doctors, you've tried everything in the natural to try and get that thing out of your way, but it hasn't worked. Try praise today. And see how God will come through for you. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Though war encamp against me, though my adversary surrounds me, they shall stumble and they shall fall. Why? Because in this I will be confident that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beholding daily in his temple, his beauty, and inquiring in his temple daily. For he will make me to be high upon a rock, far from my enemies. He sets me securely in his pavilion, hides me from the attack of hell, hides me from the attacks of my enemies. When you praise God unashamedly, God will assume responsibility over the battle. And God never loses. He's never lost once and He'll never lose. So if you're here today and you, you, you've gone through hell and back, you know the Bible says only the living can praise the Lord. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the Bible says you're still dead in sin. You need to become alive in Christ Jesus. The way you do that is by accepting Christ in your heart, believing that God raised Him from the dead and committing your life to Him from this day onward. So if you're watching right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never made that decision, we've had people do it almost on every broadcast in the last few weeks. We've had people write in saying, I, I, I said that prayer with you. And I want you to be one of those that prays that prayer with me today. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Wash away all my sins. Come live in me, Lord Jesus. And where I'm weak, make me strong. I will live for you from this day onward. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to go on salvationnow.ca. Um, the first link that pops up is I just got saved. Fill out the form. I want to get some material to you. Just a way of saying thank you. We pay shipping, handling, and everything. I just want to I want to bless you and make sure that you have a, a Bible in your hands and other resources that will greatly help you. For everyone else watching, I pray right now that God would put you a grace on you. That in everything you'll give thanks. That this will be the best Thanksgiving you ever had. That as you give thanks today, everything that's crooked will be made straight. Everything that looks like a mountain will be leveled. Everything that is a valley will be lifted up. Everything that is rough in your life will be made smooth. Not by might, not by strength, but by God's Spirit. I'm praying that as you unashamedly give God thanks today, that um, wherever area of increase you've been believing God for, that it'll be an accelerated increase. If you're believing God in the area of finances, there's no better way to accelerate the harvest than to, to, I mean, there's no other way to bring in a harvest, first of all, than in sowing. You have to sow if you're going to reap any harvest. If you're believing God for, for uh, financial provision or whatever, you have to sow. John 6, the Bible says, the little boy brought his five loaves and two fish to Jesus and he took the bread and the fish in his hands and the Bible says he gave thanks to God Jesus before he multiplied the bread he gave thanks and then the, the bread was multiplied so there's two things that led to multiplication of bread in that in that story number one is the the boy brought the five loaves and two fish so you have to present God with something zero times zero there is no zero times zero, zero. it's it's a, a mathematical Mathematical uh, impossibility. You can't multiply any number by zero. 
So you need to put something in God's hands before uh, you can see any type of multiplication in the area of finances. So number one, it's uh, there has to be a seed. And then number two, Jesus gave thanks. So if you combine the two, give God a thanksgiving offering this year. Something that, you know, if you've increased financially throughout the year, in a year where economically it was a big question mark behind this, uh, in, in this whole year. Stock markets were everywhere, you know, like people were losing jobs. So the fact that you've had increase in your finances, and you, or if you never lacked, you've never run dry, you never had to like go without. That's the hand of God. It's the Lord your God who gives you power to create wealth. One of the ways you give thanks to God it, it is uh, by showing it through the way, through the way you give. A, the Bible talks about a thanksgiving offering where it shows God, Lord, I, I recognize that you're the reason why I didn't go broke this year. You're the reason why I didn't have to go without. You're the reason why I didn't lose my job this year. And if I did, you're the reason why I got a better one. You're the reason. I acknowledge you in all my ways, knowing that you're the one that's directed my paths in 2020. We just sowed the largest seed from our ministry, and I'm about to sow the largest seed personally that we've ever sowed in our life. A seed that someone my age probably shouldn't even be sowing, but it's a testimony to, uh, to God's faithfulness in the area of finances. Don't just, you know... One of the ways, you don't just tell God thank you for being a good provider. One of the ways you can show God you're thankful is by sowing a seed, a sacrificial seed that shows Him. Lord, it's more, it's a, it's more than I've ever done, but it's a way of saying thank you. I'm not saying you're not trying to bribe God. Not at all. But when you give to what matters most to God, which is the kingdom, it does show God not only that the increase you've enjoyed has like uh, caused pride to come in your heart and now you're starting to do things on your own. It, it, it shows God that you're the one that brought me this far and I'm sowing this to show you that I recognize you're also going to be the one that takes me to the next, to the next level. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji. Or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.